We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 27th, 2009. And today we're going to be doing possibly three different one-hour teachings are in that time range. And the first one we're going to be talking about is uh, entitled DNA and Corrupting the Seed. And I know I've been mentioning recently about uh, DNA with swine flu vaccines and regarding um, that particular subject. And today we're going to be going into that a little bit further, some more information that I've just found out relating to the swine flu and also um, uh, the nano um, nanotechnology that is out there. Now, the first article, I'm going to have this up in a PDF form, as I like to always try to do. The first article is from a lady named Natasha Vitamore. Now, this woman looks about as evil of a looking woman as I have ever seen in my life. She looks like, um, kind of like Cruella DeVille. You know, if you ever seen her on, was that 101 Dalmatians or something? I know it's Disney, but anyway, she kind of looks like that. It's almost like she's proud of it. And she is at what they call, a, she's for what they call transhumanism. Okay. So, this is her article, and the picture fits the article, as, as you'll see. And I don't mean to be mean, I'm just saying, she's just the woman exudes evil, there's just no way around it. She's got all of these fancy, fancy degrees, I don't even know what they stand for. But, off her website, I just had a little um, blurb from that, and it, it said, what is transhumanism? Or, to be transhuman. A transhuman is a human in transition. We are transhuman to the extent that we seek to become post-human and take action to prepare for a post-human future. Post, meaning we're not human anymore. We're beyond that. We, we have, and it's the same old lie that was in the Garden of Eden, you shall be as gods, okay, that Satan told to, to uh, the serpent told to Eve. You shall be as gods. It's the same lie, it's just repackaged differently, and, and he's always doing this, and it's the same lie of the New Age, and it's the same lie of a lot of different religions, where, you know, you ascend into different ranks, and you, and you, you, be, you gain more occultic power, and you become as gods, or you, at least you think you are. The reality is, is all you're becoming is more and more demon-possessed. So, she goes on to write, would a person whose immune system starts to decline after puberty, and finally gives up before the age of 123, be normal. This statement largely sums up my transhumanist view that, quote, normal is misunderstood. The psychological, cognitive, and somatic state of human existence, normality, ought to be a state of enhancement. In other words, instead of, like the Bible says, the world waxeth, waxeth old as doth a garment, and we all do together fade as doth a leaf, and, and, and our life is but a vapor, okay? And we all do fade away. You know, all of these Bible verses that say, hey, listen, this is just the way it is, okay? When you're in a human body. See, the problem is, is, is somebody that would want to believe in transhumanism, or call themselves a transhumanist, or a lot of the new technologies that are coming out, what is it trying to do? It's trying to prolong our lifespan. Why? Because deep down... There's no hope for them beyond this life. They, the only thing they have to look forward to, unfortunately, is death and hell. And they're trying desperately to maintain their life, to um, maintain their days on earth, and to extend that. And to actually, as they age, not age, but actually get better. Okay, and this is the whole you shall be as God's thing. So, this is... Um, what she believes ought to be normal, which is just this constant state of enhancement. I think from a physical and, let's say, cognitive mental capacity. So, um, she goes to say, currently, the H1N1 swine flu pandemic has caused us to be aware of the importance of having an effective immune system and that we need con continued immunization. So evidently, 
a transhumanist view would very, very much fit in with the whole immunization, um, vaccination paradigm. Because you're getting something injected into you that supposedly is making you better. Reality is, is all you're getting injected is a witch's brew of toxins that are going to kill you. And at bare minimum, devastate you physically and devastate the very immune system that it's supposedly supposed to help. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I've done several teachings on this, previous teachings, if you have any doubts on the swine flu. So, again, the Bible says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And this is what this woman is doing. She's calling something incredibly evil, transhumanism and vaccination. She's calling that good. Why? Why is she doing that? Well, her her mind has been darkened with sin, with pride, and she is of her father the devil, and of his work she will do. She's just doing what her daddy does. Okay? She's evil. I pray if it be possible her soul be saved. I really do. I don't want her to go to hell. But <laughs> this woman, she she hardly looks human. I don't know. Maybe she's already taken that next leap. Um, this whole thing with the ancient astronaut theory that I've done some teachings on and the whole alien agenda, how the aliens come and and when they communicate with humanity, you know, a lot of the ascended masters, a lot of people that channel or psychics or these types of things, you know, the messages they're getting supposedly from the other side is you need, okay, we're in this, this Piscean age, the age of Pisces, and we need to go into the age of Aquarius, and we need to go into this godhood, we need to go into the next step of our evolutionary process. This is to them the normality of what has to happen. We need to evolve. And this fits in with the whole Darwinian garbage paradigm where, you know, we evolved from apes. Now, the apes ended up evolving from rocks. That's a, that's a tough one. That's even harder than us evolving from an ape, if you think about it. We, we came from the rocks, the rain rained on the rocks for billions of years, and then the, out of the primordial goo came a two-celled amoeba that kind of got into the ocean and then grew gill slits and kind of slithered onto land one day and, you know, kind of evolved into a turtle and then that evolved into a giraffe and then us. Or who who knows? It's crazy. The premise, though, in evolution, if you think about it, is that everything came from nothing. Because you got to go back before the rocks, right? And the rain. you got to go back to the Big Bang Theory. Well, where did that rock come from? And how did the Big Bang happen? And how did life spring forth where there was no life? How could that happen? It's so it's so insane if you really think about it, and it takes much more faith to believe that than it ever would to, to believe that a holy God created humanity and the world and the universe and all that is in it. The Bible says in John, uh, first chapter, all things were made by him, and without him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Speaking of Jesus Christ, the Word. So, anyway, um, she's saying that this H1N1 swine flu pandemic has, has um, emphasized the need for an effective immune system and that we need continued immunization. Now, one of the big plans of the New World Order people is to give us continued immunization. I've heard plans that we had talked about before in a couple teachings ago where they were talking about, they, ideally, they would like to be uh, about 200 different vaccinations for, an, for the average adult in a lifetime. And I don't think you could live through 200 vaccinations. I don't care how hardy your immune system is. Yeah. So this is one of the big lies. And really what it is, is they're just trying to call the planet. They're calling the herd. And this is their excuse um, for this. She goes on to say... Actually, this is a reference from her article. It says that like a sleeper agent, the flu virus causes its damage from within, turning an organism's cells against itself. A single virus can hijack a healthy cell and transform it into a virus factory, making thousands of copies in a couple of hours. Then 
the cell then bursts and allows the copies to infect other healthy cells and start the process anew. The body fights back by launching a self-sacrificing counterattack. Molecules designed to kill the hijacked cells before the virus does. Okay, so when, she goes on to say, when hostile viruses or bacteria invade our body, the immune system organizes and builds a defense. Unfortunately, the production of antibodies is slow. And the battle of antibodies against an invader is not always favorable for the human. That's why we've got to be post-human, transhuman. Um, I, think, I think I would look good with some of those Frankenstein bolts in my neck, you know, that Frankenstein has. He was transhuman, wasn't he? I mean, he was dead, and they brought him back to life through that electrical thing. Well, I mean, I don't know. It might be a good look for me. Anyway, um, sorry, a little humor there. Whether it's the shingles or the flu, the proactive development of molecular agents, such as nanorobots, this this almost makes me laugh, because we've done all these teachings on this, and this woman is so evil, she's just openly admitting the agenda. So let me, let me say that again. So she's basically saying our, our poor immune system really is slow and it can't produce enough antibodies. And She says, whether it's the shingles or the flu, the proactive development of molecular agents, such as nanorobots. Now these are the nanorobots that are created in a laboratory that would be injected into your bloodstream, typically via vaccinations, that can go in and perform many functions that can also kill you. They have what they call injectable nanorobots that can actually go in there and do functions and, and uh, this nanotechnology that's really, um, when it comes to in- injecting it into a body, it's just straight from the pit of hell. I mean, nothing about this is natural. These agents such as nanorobots, to combat these and other protagonist viruses, it is the right thing to do. So in other words, we need to be injected or immunized, because she's already given away, that's the way we get these, with these injectable nanorobots, because our own immune system is, is inadequate. And that we have to have these things in the future in order to not only protect ourselves, but to evolve, to become post-human, transhuman. I mean, they're really killing two birds with one stone here. So she goes on to say, if our bodies are not able to eradicate the hostile and uninvited human enhancement medicine and technology, human enhancement medicine and technology ought to be building equally matched nanocombatants. If our body's not able to, why wouldn't it be able to? It's, it's, if that were the case, then our, our population would be going down. We would be dying off by the millions every day because our immune systems. But God gave us an incredibly complex immune system and is as much assault as we've had on that immune system through immunizations, through how they're polluting the water supply, the food supply, personal care products, how so many things outgas different chemicals um, even in your home through paint and um, different plastics and things like that. Smoking, drinking... They've done all of these things, pharmaceutical drugs, they're all poisonous to the liver and to the body in general. They've done all these things to try to kill us. The uh, mass abortion agenda, the mass vaccination campaigns, and, and the population, the, the, the herd still hasn't been culled. They've got to do something radical. And they're preparing us for that with the coming, uh, most likely, forced vaccinations. Now, I'm not saying the Lord cannot protect you from this. I'm just saying this is what they would like to do, and it's something we should be in prayer about. And I've covered this in the previous teachings I've done. So, she's saying we have to have these nanocombatants. It's getting to the point where we're going to have to have them. So, the problem here's the thing. They create the problem, and then they create the solution. In this case, the problem they created literally in a laboratory is the H1N1, swine flu, which will probably at some time, quote, mutate into this highly virulent form, which will probably make the 1918 1919 H5N or H3N2 Spanish flu virus look like a walk in the park. In fact, it may have that technology already built into it because they've been able to resurrect that virus. 
the current virus is not naturally occurring. It is part avian, meaning bird. It's part swine, meaning pig. And it's part human. It that's, doesn't just occur naturally in nature. It's been manufactured in a laboratory and released. And when this thing supposedly mutates, people are going to be flocking to get their vaccinations. Who knows what's in these vaccinations? And I've been talking about this a lot lately. It's, it goes beyond the mercury. It goes beyond the squalene. There's a lot of things that you, you have to wonder about. They're defiling us both physically and spiritually with these vaccinations. Why do I say that? Because a lot of the vaccinations are actually grown off aborted fetal cells, aborted babies. I've done a whole presentation on this on the internet, on the avian flu, on YouTube. You can go see it for free. I give you 13 different vaccines they've grown off aborted babies. They're growing uh, some of these H1N1 uh swine flu vaccinations, because there's a lot of companies that are making different vaccinations, but they're growing it off um, the the diseased kidneys of um, green monkeys. They're openly admitting it. It's like a witch's brew. How that's defiling you spiritually, I have no idea, but I know one thing, it can't help. You've got the squalene, you've got the thimerosal, which is the mercury. You've got formaldehyde, which is what they embalm people with. You've got different detergents that are in there. You've got sucrose, table sugar. Your body has all these autoimmune reactions. But now, beyond that, now we've got other things to contend with. We've got the DNA, how they may be putting foreign DNA. Now, you're getting foreign DNA anyway if you're getting DNA from a monkey or from a chicken. You're getting that that DNA directly into the bloodstream. Who knows what else they're doing that we don't know about? I mean, do you trust them? They've got, we went through the injectable um, microchip powder they've got now that Hitachi's had for at least a couple different years, and that's what they're admitting to. These are, these, this is like powder they can put into the vaccine. You would never even know it's in there. We went over that, how that one doctor had talked about how they were actually putting these, um, potentially putting these, uh, very, very, very tiny microchips at the tip of the swine flu vaccination shots uh, on certain ones. And it was at the very end stage of quality control, so nobody knew they were there other than the person that was putting them on there. So you've got that to contend with. You've got the potential of injectable nanorobots. You've got the potential of injectable microchips that can be activated. Who knows what manner of evil that could bring upon a person. And then you have the DNA component. Now, one of the ways that they want to become post-human is by manipulating and corrupting our DNA. What is that telling you? That's telling you they're wanting to corrupt the seed of humanity. And it's always been Satan's goal to corrupt the seed of humanity. And I've done several teachings on, like, the Nephilim of Genesis 6, as Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, that's the days we're now. With Genesis 6, he said it's going to be that way in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, right before Jesus would return. These are the days we're living in. This is something we should be looking for. okay? And Satan has always tried to defile the seed of, of humanity ever since Genesis 3. And I'll just go there. I know I've read this many times, but I just want to kind of solidify this. This is when uh, the Lord um, pronounced judgment on the woman, really humanity, and the serpent after this had happened in the Garden of Eden, after he had tricked Eve. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, meaning deceived Eve, Thou art cursed above all cattle, and of every beast of the field, and upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of life. And then he goes on to say, verse 15, I will put enmity, meaning war, between thee, the serpent, and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. He goes on to make it, he just doesn't say he's going to put enmity between the serpent and Eve. Then he goes on to elaborate. He says between the seed of Satan, the seed of the serpent, and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. 
Now, there's been many uh, uh, preachers and, and um, people that have been expositors of the word that have said this is the foretelling of when Jesus Christ was going to bruise Satan's head by the victory of the cross. And I, and I mean, I agree. So what Satan was trying to do is corrupt the seed of humanity so that Jesus Christ could never be born. Because Jesus Christ could not have come through a corrupted seed. Where was the biggest assault where this, where Satan really launched this, where he tried to take out all of humanity so that the Christ could never come? Where was that at? Well, we go to Genesis 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, this is verse 1, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives all that they chose. The sons of God is not the sons of Seth. Okay? If you look up the term, the sons of God, in the Old Testament, remember, we're supposed to compare scripture with scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept. In the Old Testament, the sons of God is only used in one reference, and that is to angels. It's used, I believe, three or four other times in Job, and it's always referring to angels. The sons of God, at that point, were still unfallen, but they saw the daughters of men, and then they took them wives all that they chose. They fell. These were fallen angels. Okay, so, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. For that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. This was the foretelling of the lifespan that was going to decrease, probably as part of God's judgment. And guess what? Right after the flood, the lifespan started going down and down and down and down. Now, there's physiological reasons for that. I think Ken Hovind's done the best job of anybody I've ever seen of explaining pre-flood, the pre-flood world we lived in, and why we could live to be eight to 900 years old, and the post-flood and I think it's tape two, Kent Hovind, uh, Creation Science Evangelism. Uh, he, I think he does a real good with that particular subject. So, there it goes on verse four. There were giants in the earth in those days. Now, this is what this Natasha Cruella DeVille lady wants to be. This transhumanist lady. There were giants in the earth in those days. See, for her, that would be an improvement. Look. They're bigger, they're better, they're new, they're improved. How did they accomplish that? Well, by manipulating the seed. See, for her, that was to become post-human. These weren't human. They were post-human. They weren't human anymore. The human seed had been corrupted. A giant would be post-human, in other words, or transhuman. Because, you know, there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that. And that was when they went into the promised land, there were giants there too. And remember, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Who knows what's going to manifest on this earth? Steve Quayles wrote a whole book on it. Now, I know we don't see giants walking around, but you never know. I know one thing. Good old Hollywood is preparing us for some really, really bad things coming down the line. Why do you think that they're so obsessed with every manner and form of evil in their presentations? Like... You know, Twilight and the Vampire Diaries and, and werewolves and, and uh, the aliens. And you, you could go on and on. All these horror movies they're constantly releasing. Do you think maybe they're preparing us for something so that when it does happen, we're kind of conditioned to that and won't be quite such a shock? They're trying to instill the fear of man in us. But the Bible says the fear of man bringeth a snare. Like a snare, like a trap. So there were giants in the earth in those days. That word giants is translated in the Hebrew as Nephilim, or Nephilim, meaning the fallen ones. These were unredeemable. Giants are unredeemable. They're not fully human, and they're not fully fallen angel. They're this corrupt hybrid. The seed had been corrupted. Jesus Christ didn't come to pay the sin debt. He paid, he paid the sin debt of all mankind, but that doesn't include the giants, because they're not mankind. You could call them post-human or transhuman, whatever you want to call them. So when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and bare them children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. These are where the, a lot of the legends come from, the Greek legends and, and these types of things. Now, what was the fruit of all of this? Well, this sounds good. I mean, transhumanism is a great thing, right? 
if the seed really is directly corrupted like that, I mean, it can only be a good thing, right? Well, let's look at the fruit. Verse 5, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. That's the fruit. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It's pretty much getting to be the way it is. You know, I, it's just the world, that even in the church, it just seems like every time you turn around, you're hearing some other evil, wicked, corrupt thing, and it's about the supposed church. Typically the 501c3 corporate church of, of America or wherever. And this is the way it's, it's, it's becoming. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and creeping thing. Why? Because they were corrupted too. Why would he have to destroy man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air? For it repenteth me that I have made them. Why? Because, because the giants, these fallen angels, had corrupted everything on the earth. The book of Enoch talks about that. Now I'm not saying the book of Enoch is canon of scripture. I'm saying the book of Enoch, the one with the hardback blue cover, the one that was translated through a Baptist uh, pastor, and through a Baptist uh, publishing company, the one that has all the King James references, that one, not the prophecy of the book of Enoch or all these other ones they've got out there. That particular version can be used as, I think can be used as a commentary. Jude quotes the book of Enoch. And in that book of Enoch, and I've quoted these verses before, they talk about how these, these giants manipulated and corrupted the seed of everything on the earth. Why? Because they're of their father the devil, and of his works they will do. I, out Back then it was a little more out in the open. Today it's done in plain view, but it's still concealed better. You know, back then I think it was just out in the open more. So why? So what had to happen? God had to destroy the man and every the beasts, the creeping things, the fowls of the air, for it repented that he made them. He spared Noah... Uh, who found grace in his eyes, and then verse 9 says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. What does that mean? It doesn't mean he was walked around in sinless perfection. It means that his DNA, his seed, had not been corrupted like evidently everybody else on the planet. So, the earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. That's what we pretty much have to expect in the day and times we're moving into, because the seed is being corrupted. When these vaccinations are unleashed, I believe there's going to be a DNA component. I think we've proven that. We're going to talk about that more today. It would be the ideal way to defile the DNA of humanity. Verse 12, And the Lord looked upon the earth, and God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had been corrupted his way upon the earth. Everything was corrupt. You can't do it better than God. He created us the way He created us, and our bodies don't need any genetic manipulation or any um, nanorobots or DNA manipulation. God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them off the earth. Okay, so, and, then, and then we have the ark. He saved eight people who hadn't been defiled genetically. So I get it just that reminds me of this article that we that we started out reading. This is going to be the the justification for them to try to implement this. This article ends by saying and if normal represents mass majority, then we will all be disabled because the human immune system is naturally disabled. No it's not. It's amazing that millions and millions, in fact, billions of us aren't dead from what they've done to us already. In fact, I think the, the Luciferians and the Illuminati and Satan himself and his evil minions are probably amazed at the fact that our bodies have been able to adapt to all of the assaults that have been put out against us through all of the things that I've mentioned and many, many more. It's, I, I would, would venture to say they're probably amazed that more of us are not dead. To the billions. 
I just really believe the Lord gave our immune system an amazing ability to adapt. And that the liver has a very gigantic capacity to break down toxins through what they call the phase 1 and phase 2 cytochrome P450 enzyme pathways. Now, and it is amazing to me, too, that, that we've been able to adapt. But then she goes on to say, building a strong defense through nanomedicine to combat viruses is a worthy undertaking. Straight from Satan's mouth. Just, when you read an article like this, just imagine everything she's saying is a lie. So whatever's on the opposite side is pretty much the truth. So we need nanomedicine. Boy, what did they do for all these other thousands of years we didn't have nanomedicine and vaccinations and all this other stuff? And if you think that the vaccinations eradicated the diseases on the planet, um, I've done several teachings on this, but there's books that have been written where it talks about that the vaccinations were, uh, with, without exception, always implemented when the, these diseases were in decline. The diseases were in decline due to better sanitation, uh, was really one of the main, uh, whether it be sewer, whether it be the way that they're processing or, or handling uh, food and things of this nature. That was one of, if, if probably the main reason. Anyway, going further, the the first step is to disavow the normal, the historical quote normal state of existence and introduce a neo normal state of enhanced existence. Neo-normal. This is one sick lady. But there's whole groups. And the groups are growing. That believe this exact thing. Now, uh, Tom Horn from Raiders News Network just did a couple new posts up on his website. And this is part 24. Read it before it's banned by the government. This is, this is the 24th part of this teaching where that was the title. And it relates to the subject. Um, he goes, this is entitled, The Modern Watcher, The Modern Watcher's Science and the Mark of the Beast. When he says the watcher, he is, I believe, more in reference to um, watchers in the Old Testament were like the angels that would watch. Just like there are today, angels watching us. Okay? The watchers were... Um, what they ascertain some of the ones that most likely fell. Because why? Because they saw the daughters of men. They were watching the daughters of men. And that they were fair, they took them wise all that they chose. They fell at that point. Not all of them, but some of them did. Probably under Satan's encouragement. Yeah, you go get them, guys. Probably he's there being a little cheerleader on the side because he had already fallen. So anyway... When you hear that word, it's usually in a negative connotation in today's day and age. He goes on to say, What if an occult elite operating behind the U.S. government devises a virus that is a crossover between human and animal disease? Let's say an entirely new and highly contagious influenza mutation. And intentionally releases it into the public. Well, (laughs) I can almost guarantee you that's what's coming. A pandemic, it happened in 1918-19, Spanish flu, and they were the, the doctors were honest enough to admit it in their medical reports, and they said, how did they get it? Through the vaccinations. I've done the whole study on that on, on YouTube, Avion Flu, Dr. Scott Johnson, just look it up, and you can watch it. It's PowerPoint, 150 slides. A pandemic ensues in the period between when a person contracts the virus and death is something like 10 days. With tens of thousands dead in a few weeks, and the rate of death increasing hourly around the globe, a universal cry for a cure goes out. Seemingly miraculously, the government then steps forward with a vaccine. The only catch, they explain, is that given the nature of the animal-human strain, the, quote, cure rewrites one's own genetics. Meaning, it's going to rewrite your DNA, the cure. Now, I don't know if it's, I'm not saying I exactly agree with the way he's played this out. If the vaccinations are going to actually cause this, uh, like it did in 1918-1919, they may start out with a vaccination, because the swine flu H1N1 is going to be available very, very soon. And there's been a lot of 
people warning that, you know, they're going to try to make this forced. I don't know. We need to pray against it. If it be the Lord's will. But, um, it may be what they call like a binary thing where it, it's the, everybody getting vaccinated and then, then them spraying this particular chemtrail concoction. And when the two substances come together in the bloodstream, that's when it really gets bad. I think it would be probably an ideal way to do it because it wouldn't be so obvious. If everybody starts getting the vaccination, they're dropping dead from from getting the vaccine. Nobody's going to... I think they're going to have to be a little more tricky than that. Sneaky. Hard to be totally dogmatic, but, you know, going further. So this government then extends, comes forward with a vaccine. The only catch, the cure... Now, this, this new vaccine is an animal-human strain. Now, how could they justify that? Well, the current H1N1 swine flu is part pig, part bird, part human. It's already a hybrid freak. So the cure might also have to have the DNA of different animals injected into your bloodstream in order to combat it, because it's a special Virus. Well, it's engineered in a laboratory. The cure, unfortunately, is going to rewrite your own genetic code. See, people are emailing me and saying, well, what do I do if I get it? And, you know, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm not coming at this from that angle. I'm coming at this like it's life or death. I'm coming at this like it's going to rewrite your genetic code. I'm coming at this worst case scenario because they're so evil. You can't even envision the kind of evil that's, that's, that they are and that is coming. I can't. I haven't been through it yet. I'm not going to let them inject anything into me. You know, if the Lord lets you, go ahead and kill me. But I am not going to let you inject. And I'm not saying the Lord Jesus Christ can't protect me or the body of Christ or my listeners. And we need to have the faith to believe that he can do that. But I'm telling you, for me, it's a matter of life and death. I will die before I will let them rewrite my genetic code. And and I'm telling you, the more information I study on this, the more I believe that this is part of their agenda. And it's a big part then you got all of the other things that I mentioned. The nanorobots, the nanotechnology, now you got DNA. Pastor Hoggard's done these studies on DNA and how this is one of the main, main goals. It's the same goal that Satan had in Genesis 6. It's the same goal, except he's going about it a little bit differently now. I don't think they had vaccines back in Genesis 6. So this cure rewrites one's own genetics so that they are no longer entirely human. Doesn't that kind of sound like the last article we just read? We're not... Well, then what are we? Can you get saved if you're no longer entirely human? I mean, there's a lot of questions that have to come into your mind. I'm not saying if somebody is saved and they got a vaccine, they're unsaved. I'm just saying... (laughs) This is not, this is something you don't want to tinker around with. And you need to understand Satan's goal and agenda has not changed from Genesis 3 to Genesis 6 to what it is now. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Now, I've said this before. If you took a camera crew and a news reporting crew back to Genesis 6, pre-flood, right on that cusp, what is the biggest story you would come back with? Without a doubt, it would be that the sons of men, the sons of God, and saw the daughters of men, these fallen angels, okay, they corrupted humanity, they corrupted the seed, everything was wicked. What were they doing? They had defiled the DNA and the genetics of man, corrupting the whole world so bad that it repented God that he even made man. He had to destroy the whole world, save eight people and all the, and all the animals on the ark that were still pure. All the other animals have been defiled as well. I mean, I can't be dogmatic every other animal or every other human, but they were most likely all defiled. That's why God had to do it. 
out of his mercy, he sent the flood. Because if he would have let that continue, they would have eventually got to Noah. I'm not saying the Lord couldn't have protected Noah either, but I'm just saying it, it just it's the way it had to be. It's like we had to start over again. God had to do it. Sharon, uh, then Sharon Gilbert comments that transhumanism is also known as the H plus movement. Now, this H plus is, is prevalent on that lady's site, that Natasha lady that I quoted. It's called the H plus movement. And she gives a link you can go to here. And it envisions a, there's a whole magazine called hplusmagazine.com. H, the word plus, magazine.com. It, which envisions a higher life form yet surpassing Homo sapiens in favor of Homo sapiens 2.0, which is a bioengineered construct that fuses man's original genome with animal or synthetic DNA. There it is, right there. Man combined with animals with synthetic DNA. What a witch's brew from hell. I'm telling you, this is what they have planned. And the easiest, best way for them to implement it is through mass vaccinations. What better way could they could get right into your bloodstream? They could get right into your bloodstream that way. Pretty, pretty uh, heavy-duty stuff. While such claims ring of a science fiction, they are indeed science fact. For decades, laboratories have created chimeric combinations of animal, plant, and even human DNA under the guise of a medical research. They, they make all kind of unbelievably hideous creatures under the guise of genetic research, cloning, these types of things. They splice um, plant and human they splice plant and animal DNA and they grow things in the laboratory like this sick, wicked science experiment and say, oh, this is real science. This is going to save humanity. All it's doing is defiling God's creation and it's an absolute, total abomination in the sight of God. I don't think you should even use hybrid seeds or anything like that. You need to get what they call heirloom seeds if you're going to buy seeds and make sure, and if you can, try to make sure they're organic heirloom seeds or these seeds that have not been hybridized or crossed. All of this hybridization is a total invention of companies like Monsanto and these wicked, wicked companies that are doing everything and anything they can do to defile God's creation. It's all totally an abomination before God. Every bit of it. So, while such claims ring as science fiction, they are indeed science fact. For, decade, for decades, laboratories have created um, chimeric combinations of animal, plant, and even human DNA under the guise of medical research. There, that old good old pharmacia profession goes again. The stated goal is to better man's lot by Curing disease. Why Why is it then that nothing ever gets cured? Isn't that kind of weird? Oh, any day now, Jerry's kids, you just need to donate another billion or two to Jerry's kids for muscular dystrophy. We're going to have that cure pinned down any day. That money's going straight into the coffers of the most wicked companies on the planet. The pharmaceutical industries that are one of the main ones that are absolutely the main companies that are behind the coming genocide through the vaccination programs. Why would you want to give your money to that? Oh, this new breast cancer thing they've got. Oh, everybody has the pink ribbons and all that stuff. That money is going into the coffers of these companies that have no interest at all in finding a cure to anything. Why? Because they want you dead. They want you sick. Why? Because they can control you. They can make money off you. There's no financial interest for a pharmaceutical company or a hospital or the medical profession finding a cure for any disease. Why? Because that's how they make their money. Off the reoccurring revenue, off the drugs that you have to take in order to treat whatever you're trying to treat. It never cures it. They don't have a cure for anything. Oh, cancer. 
It's, it goes on and on and on. There's no financial incentive for these companies, which are publicly traded on the New York t- Stock Exchange, for them to develop a cure for anything. They're trying to make money for their stockholders. And once you take one drug, you've got to keep taking more because they all have side effects, and you've got to take more drugs to counteract the side effects. And as the liver becomes more toxic, and as your kidneys become more overburdened, and as the colon becomes more overburdened, and your soft tissue becomes infiltrated with all of these toxins, you've got to take more drugs. And it just creates more of a problem. I'm not saying emergency medicine is bad. I understand, you know, to save a life, great. Now, if they're injecting you with <laughs> injectable nanorobots or whatever, I'd rather die. Or DNA, foreign DNA. And at this point, I don't know. I know the vaccines are, are the main way I believe they would try to implement that. I can't be dogmatic about the other. Understand, though, I've done a six-part series on this, on exposing the pharmacological profession, and, and the word pharmakia is the root word for sorcery in the Bible. It's where we get the word pharmacy, pharmacological, all of these root words come from that. I mean, don't think I'm dogmatic about any of this. You know, I don't, I don't mean to come off that way. I don't mean to come off opinionated. Sorry. Anyway, uh, going further... Let's see. Their stated goal is to better man's lot by curing disease, but this benign mask hides an inner sardonic grin that follows an ancient blueprint to blend God's perfect creature with the seed of fallen angels. Now, I wouldn't quite call us perfect because, you know, sin has defiled humanity, okay? But let's say God's created creation with the seed of fallen angels, you shall be as God. So she's coming to the same conclusion that I'm, I've just stated. And again, how do they do it? They say, you shall be as gods. It's our next, it's our next step in our evolution. See, you can approach this from a purely technical standpoint. Yes, we want this technology because the nanorobots will help us and this and that and, we, and the, the DNA and this and that. But there's also the spiritual... See, these people are most likely communing with devils at some level or another, or, or believing authors that are communing with them. And what are the devils telling them? What are, the, what are these people that are communing with fallen angels, ascended masters, aliens, whatever you want to call them? They're all evil. They're all from the pit of hell. What are they telling them? Well, they're telling them you should be as gods. And this is how you're going to get there, through this type of technology. Taylor just asked me about what are they going to, what are they trying to do with this? Are they going to be trying to literally take our souls out of our bodies and, 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 and inhabit them or whatever? I'm not saying they're going to take your souls out of your body, but is is in demon demonic possession? Uh, the more demonically possessed you become, the more taken over you are. The more of a container for Satan that you become. You have less and less and less control over your own body, soul, and spirit the more you let demons infest you, right? I mean, I think we'd all agree on that. Well, through things like these vaccinations and with the DNA and things of that nature, that's what they're... And it's weird because there's all these zombie movies on TV now. There's this new one coming out. These zombies, they're... What, what is a zombie? Well, a zombie is something that's not even... They're basically portraying them as not any human anymore. They're basically... The humanity has left the building. And a demonic entity has totally taken over. It's the ultimate of demon possession. Isn't it funny that the movie I Am Legend by Will Smith... And I've talked about this in the, in the presentation that I did... That the whole of all humanity because they had a cancer cure vaccine that was 100% effective, they said. Everybody got it, but the problem is in two or three years you turn into this freak zombie that, I mean, it was like this vampiric zombie, can only come out at night, superhuman strength, totally void of any humanity whatsoever. Isn't that kind of weird? I mean, they, tra- they traded one for the other. See, what they're doing, what Hollywood is doing... Is telegraphing you saying, yeah, we got the answer. We, we can cure your cancer easy. But there's a big price to pay down the road. And it's like making a deal with the devil. It's like making a deal with the devil. It's no different. Even if you were cured, let's say, 
let's say you were cured by whatever they brought to the table. What is the price you're going to have to pay down the road? I don't really know. I know it can't be good. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. And then I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. So if all this scares you, you need to get in the Word, read it, memorize it, and you need to build your faith. Okay? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You need to get into the King James Bible, memorize Scripture, meditate on it, build your faith. Because that's how you get a bigger faith. You exercise your faith too. You just don't build it and read it and ne- never exercise it. You just don't go out and, 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 and read it and, and then never believe what you really say you believe. You exercise it. Whenever, however God has you exercise it. The Bible talks about above all taking up the shield of faith wherewith you, be, you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The bigger your faith, the bigger your shield. The bigger your protection. Now, I I could go way down that rabbit trail, and I'm not going to, but I've done teachings on faith and the Word of God, and you can access those up on Sermon Audio. The teachings are all up on the contendingfortruth.com website. They're links to the Sermon Audio. So if you go to the contendingfortruth.com and you, on the left-hand corner, you'll see a Sermon Audio link. All the teachings are listed there. The, The one thing is, is they're not searchable. They're not searchable like they are on Sermon Audio. In Sermon Audio, you can actually search them. So, and if you want to get on my email list, and I, I shudder to say this because I'm so inundated with the ministry as it is, but if you want to get on the email list, there's a Christian and there's a health, email me, um, and I will add you on, tell me which ones you want to be on. I'm having to do that all by hand, and that's why it's very, <laughs> why I say I shudder to say it, because I'm pretty inundated as it is. My email address is drjohnson, D-R-J-O-H-N-S-O-N, at the letter I, the letter X, dot netcom, N-E-T-C-O-M, dot com. Make sure you specify what list you want to be on. I highly advise you get on both, because they're both very pertinent, and both are very much, this is related to one, like this teaching that I'm doing today is kind of related to all of that. So if we go further... um, Let's see here. You know what? I think I think I'm just going to go to part two right now because I, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to finish this before um, part one's over. I was hoping just to make this a one part study, but I'm sorry, I'm long winded. Anyway, God bless you, and we'll see you for part two.